We wanted to take time specifically at the beginning of the year, and we've done this now for three years in a row, where we're just intentionally sitting at the feet of Jesus. We are intentionally you know, taking away some specific things, i.e. food, social media, other kinds of different forms of media, to say, God, we wanna hear from you. And it's been an amazing uh, 21 days. Uh, it's crazy that we're now to the end of it in this season. But we've done it intentionally, a couple different things, not only setting that aside, but then coming together, uh, praising and, and worshiping. We've had our abide worship nights over the last several nights. And then today in the service, we're going to end the fast or break the fast by taking communion together. Uh, Lord's Supper, depending upon how you want to say that. And so at the end of my message, we're going to do that. And then we've got uh, some more in the service. And then we're going to celebrate baptisms at the end of that. And so I'm really, really looking forward to this time. One, because not only is it the closing of a season, but I, I really hope for all of us that it really puts kind of a stamp on it and that God speaks to us. And so if you've got a Bible, you can open it up into Luke uh, chapter 22. That's in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, Luke 22, this is Jesus at the Last Supper when he institutes this idea of communion for us. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that, and then we're going to take communion together. But we're going to do it a little bit differently, both locations, and so I'll give you some instructions and directions on that. But before we jump into the message, let's pray together and ask God to bless our time together. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for the fact that you are God and that you are good and that you are moving in the life of our church. And God, thank you that you have been faithful that over these last 21 days, God, as we have intentionally set aside time to, to seek you, to hear from you, that you have spoken and you have moved in the, the lives of the people of your church. And God, we ask that you would do that even now today, especially for those maybe who are new or wasn't a part of that. God, that you would speak to us. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. So Luke chapter 22, verses 14 through 20. I'm going to read the uh, 14 to 18 first. We'll talk about it. And then 19 and 20 will give us some directions on us actually taking communion together, right? So let's read verses 14 through 18. It says, And when the hour came, he, being Jesus, reclined at table, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat. I think we can understand that sentiment uh, to some degree now. I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. Verse 18, for I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. So just context here, they are in Jerusalem and Jesus spent the majority of his life and the majority of his ministry north of there into the Sea of Galilee, but from an elevation standpoint, it was actually lower than Jerusalem. And so they would go up to Jerusalem several times a year and literally it's a couple thousand feet elevation difference where they would travel up to the city of Jerusalem that's set on top of Mount Moriah. And so this is one of those festivals where they would travel back to Jerusalem, and it was the festival of Passover. And just in case you don't know historically, but Passover happened when the Israelites, before they were even a nation, were slaves in Egypt for 400 years, and God called them out. And as he called them out, and he was calling them into the promised land, God had to judge sin. 
And it's a misnomer to think that he just judged the Egyptians' sins. He also judged the Israelites' sins. And so he judged all the sin because God is just. He can't let things go because if he did, he would be unjust. But the story of the Passover is that God judged the Egyptians because they had set a law that killed the Israelite kids. And so God judged them. But then he also judged the Israelites. But the difference is he provided a substitute for them. He provided a substitute. And the Israelites had to stay inside their house and on the doorpost of their house, they had to take the blood of a lamb and put it on the doorpost. Ironically, in the exact same places where a cross would touch. And so he judged the Israelites' sin as well, but the difference was he provided a Passover. And he passed over their sins because the blood of the lamb was shed on their behalf. And now here's Jesus about to go to the cross on that holiday, on that festival. And he's now saying to them, listen, that Passover that happened hundreds of years ago, that was shining forward towards me. Because it's not just a lamb, a, a, an actual lamb, it's not his blood, but it's my blood. I am the Passover lamb. And so it's on Passover that Jesus institutes what we now call communion. And it's one of the two things that we celebrate as a church, communion and baptisms or the, Lord, the Lord's Supper. And he's helping them understand contextually, listen, that was about me. Because God has to judge sin, but if you trust in me, he will judge me in your place. I will be your substitute. But the thing that strikes me even more than just that is it says he desired, earnestly desired to eat this Passover with them. I was joking a little bit earlier when we read that, like I can understand a little bit, like I earnestly desire to eat too. You know, we've been fasting over the last 21 days and you've been fasting from different things. And so I don't know what it is for you, but Jesus had this desire but it wasn't just his desire to eat. What, what really stands out to me there is says, I want to eat this with you. I've earnestly desired to eat this with you before I suffer. And it's important to understand that the Passover or communion or Lord's Supper is a communal act. It is done in the context of the people of God. And this is what is so important to understand because food like our necessary food, the food that we eat, is the exact same way. In fact, and I've talked about this a lot, but in my own struggles with food and how I live to eat instead of eating to live, one of the biggest signs that I have an unhealthy relationship with food or that you have an unhealthy relationship with food is when you do it alone. When you do it out of community. Because food, yes, your body needs that, but it's a reminder, and this is why in, in the family today, it's such a tragedy that we don't sit down and commune together with, with each other like we used to. Because that's the proper place of food. It's, it's, it's the food is there at the table. Not, not the, this is what, remember TV trays? So we did like TV dinners and TV trays. 
and then the TV became the center of community. No, 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 you've missed it. The food and the, the table, not the TV, the table is the center. And we come to the table and eat together, and the reason being is because not only do I need food, but I need you. We need each other. And this is why it's so important to understand and why our mission statement grow gospel relationships. If you take yourself out of the community, you'll never grow. And so in just a minute, when we take communion, we're doing it together as a body, as a church, recognizing that God not only sacrificed his life for us, but he did it to get us into the new family of Jesus. And so we take it together. But, but what's crazy is this is Jesus talking, says, but I can't wait to take it with you. The craziest thing to me about the gospel is that God wanted me at his table. And, and I love how Jesus says, I won't do this again until the kingdom comes. What is he getting at there? He's saying, I'm doing it with you now and I'm going to go suffer, but I won't do it again until you're with me again, until you're with me. And this is why the Bible describes the wedding supper of the lamb. God is waiting until people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, until the kingdom of heaven invades every kingdom on earth and God's family comes home, he's not gonna sit down at the table again and eat. And so it's a crazy thought to me that God actually invites me to his table. Why? Because I'm his child. Because I'm an adopted son of God. And so also when we take this communion in just a second, it's not only a recognition that we do this together, but it's a recognition that we're doing this in remembrance of him. And we're also doing this in faith, looking forward to the day when we'll do it again with him. And so if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I want you to understand something. God's offering you a seat at his table. God's offering fellowship with you and Jesus. He's offering you a home. He's offering you what the world can never offer you. What your heart longs for, which is the love, the unconditional love of a father and his family. And that's what this is. And I love how he says, I'm not going to do it until the kingdom comes. What does that mean? We've been talking over the last several weeks about the supernatural world in which we live. There is a supernatural reality behind everything that we see. And I was thinking about this on Friday. I was speaking to the Creekview basketball teams, which is a local high school here. And I was talking to them about when Jesus was tempted in Matthew chapter four. And he had just got through fasting, not 21 days, but how many days? 40 days. Just imagine how hungry that dude was. I mean, hungry. And Satan comes to him. And he says, if you're the son of God attacking his identity, because God had just affirmed his identity, this is my son who I love. And now he's saying, if you really are, turn these stones into bread. No, men should not live by bread alone. He, he continues attacking. Then he says this, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world 
if you'll just bow down and worship me. And Jesus quotes Deuteronomy again back to him and says, no, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Well, how in the world was Satan able to offer Jesus those kingdoms? Because he had authority over them. And what he was offering Jesus was something that Jesus was about to go get, but it required him to suffer. And so Satan was offering him the kingdoms without the suffering. That's always what Satan offers us, the easy road, the shortcut. But Jesus says, no. That's why he says, I desire to eat this with you before I suffer. Why? Because he was saying to them, I'm suffering to get you back. I'm suffering because I want you in my family. And I won't eat this again until I've fulfilled that. And so now Jesus, through the power of his suffering and his sacrifice and his resurrection, through his body, is reclaiming back from all the nations his family that he wants back. And so not only are we taking this today because we get fellowship with God, we're taking this today as a way to say, God, you have other sheep. And we're taking this today as a commitment saying, we will take this good news to them. Because you will not rest until every lost sheep is home. And so in just a moment, we're going to take this together. But I want you to understand what it is that we're doing. And Jesus gives them instructions in verse 19 and 20. He says, and he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 20, and likewise the cup after they had eaten saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So in just a second after I pray, we're gonna take communion. But we're gonna do it differently than what we've ever done. You don't have the little things already with you. I'm not gonna lead you. We have tables and stations set up all around the auditorium, both locations, the balcony in Canton as well. And after we pray, you're gonna to go to that station, the one closest to you, and they're gonna give you a piece of bread, so you're gonna take it. You're gonna grab a cup, and you can go back to your seat or to the altar or anywhere around where you are, and we want you to take the bread and we want you to give thanks for it and we want you to break it and then eat it and say thank you for breaking your body for me. And then after that, you can take the cup and say thank you for shedding your blood to start a new covenant with me and this new covenant is I'm in your family by grace. And then after we all take that, we'll come back together, continue in worship, and then celebrate baptisms together. But here's the thing. If you're not trusting in the sacrifice of what those symbols represent, then they're meaningless to you. So I wanna offer you the chance today to sit at the table, to come to the table and say, thank you, God for breaking your body and shedding your blood for the forgiveness of my sins.
So would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much that you loved us so much that not only that you created us, but you came to us when we rejected you. Our original parents rejected you, but you came to them and you covered them. Covering their shame, covering their sin. And you declared that one day a promised seed, a child would come and he would pay for that sin to get humanity, your people, back in fellowship with you. And so God, I know there are some here today that are still living underneath the power of a lesser God, still living underneath the authority of a spiritual being that only wants them to worship them for selfish reasons. But God, today in the name of Jesus, would you open their eyes to see the truth about who Jesus is by the power of your Holy Spirit and show them that there is a God above gods, there is a king above kings, a Lord above lords who came and sacrificed not selfishly, but because you wanted them back like any good parent with an estranged child would because of your love. So nobody looking around or talking, if you've never prayed and trusted Christ, I'm gonna give you an opportunity today to do just that, to come to the table, to receive forgiveness of your sins because of the body and blood of Jesus that was broken and shed for you. So if you wanna trust Christ for the first time, you can pray with me. Not out loud, it goes like this. Say, Father, thank you for loving me that you sent your son in my place as my substitute. And God, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I'm trusting in Christ alone as my Passover lamb. Judge him in my place and by grace, through faith in Christ, I'm saved. Thank you for loving me. Again, nobody looking around or talking, but if you just prayed to trust Christ, very simply, would you just lift your hand up so we can see that? Just lift it up. Thank you. We got men and women are going to walk around, put a gift in your hand, and when they do, you can put it down. But all of us together now, those of you that just trusted Christ and those that have trusted Christ, we're going to take communion together as an act of thankfulness for what he has done and an act of faith for what he will do and how we look forward to the future when we can do this together with him in person as a family. God, would you now bless this time of communion in Jesus name. Amen.